Recovery. You might be cruising down it. A friend or family member lost on it. Or the road is, well, still under construction. Relevant Recovery Radio is about getting to that destination of normal health, mind, or strength. Now, Relevant Recovery Radio, here to give you the keys, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Hello, welcome to Relevant Recovery Radio. My name is Donnie Mosier, and Heather is not with us this week. Uh, Unfortunately, she's stuck at home. She decided to rearrange the house in alphabetical order based on the chronological order when we purchased things, and she got stuck. She couldn't get out. I don't know. It's weird. She's she's just rigid like that. Uh, so I'm solo today, uh, and we are brought to you by Matthew's Hope Detox. It is a recovery program, and it's a unique detox for substance use disorder. Uh, Matthew's Hope is located in St. Joseph's Hospital in downtown Houston. It's a 10 to 14 day detox followed up with 24 months of free aftercare and recovery coaching after your discharge. So if you or a loved one would like any information about Matthew's Hope Detox and Recovery Support Program, please give them a call at 844-AND-HOPE. That's 844-263-4673, or visit the website, www.mhdrp.org. I'm not going to do the thing Heather does every week where she makes that sound. <clears throat> this is what she gets for, you know, not being here and reorganizing the house <laughs> in her rigid thinking. Uh, so anyways, yeah, mhdrp.org. Uh, so give Matthew's Hope a call if you or a loved one are suffering from any sort of substance use disorder. Uh, as usual, you're listening to us on KPRC 950 Sundays at 1 p.m. That's Central Time in Houston, Sundays at 1 p.m. The uh, KPRC also has a channel on the iHeartRadio app, so you can listen to us live at 1 p.m. on Sundays no matter where you are, Central Time, or uh, they upload all of our radio shows in the afternoon, and you can catch those um, Sunday evening, Monday morning. And you can go back and listen to all of our shows, anything you want to, if you have nothing better to do with your life. I am excited today. So I have one of my closest friends uh, that I met in recovery. Uh, he is, at this point, like a, a hetero life mate at this point. <laughs> he is... Uh, I want to introduce. I want to introduce Ben Duggan. Oh man, so happy to be here. I appreciate you uh, inviting me up here today, man. I yeah, really yeah. We've we've been on like one hell of a journey together. Yeah, you know? we absolutely yeah. have. I'm I'm happy anytime during the week. I can you know skip out for about an hour and a half and not talk about software and get to talk about shooting dope, smoking crack, and you know <laughs> taking pills and whatnot. It'll right, be a lot more fun on the other side of it. <laughs> yeah, on the other yeah. side of it, it'll be a lot more fun. So Ben, how long have you been sober? <laughs> so I got sober. Um, what, October 13th, 2021. Okay. Okay. But that's not your original date. Oh, no, no, no. I would I would be what they'd call in the program a chronic relapser, a right? Chronic. I mean, I came in, let me think about this. I guess my real introduction, I had a fun little intervention done on me in 2014. It was so funny. I remember I, um, I was living at this apartment over off Washington uh, in T.C. Jester right there, right on the corner in... Um, for some reason, I was uh, detoxing that day. I couldn't get a hold of anybody, you know, to, to get some drugs, get some dope or whatever. And so I had a dope dealer that lived right over by my parents. And so for some strange reason, 
I like went over to my parents' house to go like, you know, just like hover by the phone and like show up at this guy's house every couple of minutes and run back to my parents. And at some point I like chugged some booze and passed out. And the <laughs> next day I, uh, I woke up and like my girlfriend at the time rolls in my grandparents who live like five hours away, roll in like my mom, my dad, my sister, uh, it was chaos. It was absolute chaos. They're sitting there like reading from their little pamphlets. You know, it, it was crazy. How, how long ago was this? That was, um, let's think about this. This was November 2014 because that year mm. I did a 90 day. I went up to a place uh, in Georgetown right outside of Austin. I did a three month stint there. That was a blast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, total blast. But did a three month stint there. Spent uh, Christmas, uh, Thanksgiving, New Year's, all that jazz in my first little stint in rehab. What's always crazy with me, what I love, is that if you and I were sitting at a table in the middle of a restaurant now and people were hearing our conversation, they would probably be aghast. Oh, absolutely. At, <laughs> but we laugh about it. Yeah, absolutely. It's so like, funny, man. So the first time I went to rehab, yeah, just yeah. About it. yeah, one of five, right? Yeah, no, it's so ridiculous, man. It's, I have such a, I have such a fun time. I was thinking about this before I, uh, before I walked in here. It's like. I get to come in here and talk about all this, and I'm literally like rushing out of here, and we're done to go interview a guy, right? So I got to turn this switch off, flip another switch, and be like, "Hey, George, like, talk to me about you know your your revenue attainment in the last four quarters, you know." And it, it's just so funny, man. God's done some crazy stuff with my life. And but the beauty of this is, and and so when we we're gonna take a break here in a minute, but when we do, uh, when we come back, what I want to talk about is from that beginning mm-hmm. back in November 2014. You went through a lot of bumps in the roads, sort of in and out, in and out. Um, But today, you're not the same guy. You like everybody in our circles recognize that you are not the same guy. Um, That that God has sort of done a rearrangement in you. And so, I want to talk a little bit about kind of the the bumps, you know, the hills, the valleys. Uh, I want to talk about uh, what what finally happened. And where you're at today, because you are in business successful, spiritually successful, relationship successful. I mean, is that pretty accurate? Yeah, uh, it's it's all God, man. It is absolutely all God. I just I show up and just try and do the best I can every day, try and be of maximum service to others. And man, He just provides. Right. He just provides nonstop. It it blows my mind, man. I I never in a million years thought I'd be in this position you know, where I am in life, even sitting here with you, getting the opportunity, you know, it's so funny, like just sitting here, having a normal conversation with you, doing this, getting the opportunity to be on this side of it. You know, I mean, you knew me for years being on the other side of it. Like, man, I just can't get well, like help me. I cannot get well. And I'd do it for, you know, one month, two months, three months, whatever. And then right back out, just could not get well. It's so weird being able to sit here and, and like, listen to what you're saying and say, yeah, I I feel that way too. It's so different. And, and it is uh, it is also sort of a, it's a great thing to also be able to look at our past and laugh about it. Yeah, it, it doesn't define me anymore. In fact, uh, my past has given me a kit of spiritual tools to help others absolutely. with the same conditions, the same. So don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back with Ben. And while we're taking a break, I'm going to check on Heather and make sure that we don't need to get some kind of intervention for her. <laughs> so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back in a moment with Relevant Recovery Radio.
Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio. I'm your host, Donnie Mosier, and I did check on Heather. It turns out that she's moved from OCD, uh, rearranging the house, to rigid thoughts and opinions. She's given some sort of a symposium talk on that, and possibly later she's going to rigidly rearrange her calendar. So Amazing. here's the great part about that, Ben, is that those of us who know Heather are laughing <laughs> And the other people are like, I don't, I kind of don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> Probably not. Probably one of the most lovable things about Heather is that she's very rigid. Black or white, got to do it. There's no middle ground with no her. No middle ground whatsoever. I, we love you, Heather, by the way. Yeah, I've learned to love that. I've learned to appreciate her about that because where I'm all over the place, she keeps me straight, black or white. Yeah, so absolutely. Her and I have a ton of the same tendencies with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys yeah. are very similar. Oh, that. yeah. That's why you're my hetero life mate. That's why. <laughs> I balance you out. That's right. That's right. So so we started this journey in 2014. Yeah. So you started to recognize you might have. What was, how old were you approximately back then? Oh, Lord. Um, let's think about this. Mid-20s, uh, mid to late 20s, right? And so here's the confusion because I know your story you were a successful salesman. You were literally, okay, I always make this joke. <laughs> you were living the life of the Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> Not right? quite that successful, but yeah, life was good, man. It's crazy. My circumstances were just, I, I had everything going my way. You know, I, I literally had, I had the world gifted to me, right? I grew up on the mean streets of the Rice Village. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Just the world gifted to me. So what, for those of you who are not from Houston, what Ben's saying is that he grew up behind bars. The bars were a gated community. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. You know, just gifted everything in life. It's crazy. Um, you know, and, and I always take it for granted, man. You know, I started getting in trouble early on in high school and 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 just ran from there, right? Like, you know, started doing drugs, drinking at the age of 14. Um, I started out Lamar High School, you know, using a lot of drugs, getting high all the time, drinking all the time, um, getting in a lot of fights, right? And then graduated from there. Uh, actually, crazy story. We were 14, decided to go to a U of H frat party because a buddy's older brother was at U of H. And on the way home, our, our tire popped. And so we decide, you know what? There's an identical Jeep Grand Cherokee in the Red <laughs> Red Cross building right there. Let's go steal that tire and put it on ours. And of course, the cops swarm. And you know, it's horrible. This lady was just trying to be a service. That was like her actual career to try and help people, right? We're like, ah, no, screw that. Let's take her tire. Yeah. And so yeah. ended up doing that. And so just trouble progressed from there, right? Like little things, more arrests, more, more drug use all through college. Um, and then got to the point where obviously like I just couldn't get well without it. Like mm -hmm. if I didn't have the stuff in my system, I, I could not start my day. Right. right? Like, I mean, right. I would, I would immediately be in withdrawal. Right. So I got to the point where like, I couldn't live without it. It was just ever consuming all the but, time. But as you're going into your early twenties and you get, and, and we don't have to mention the company name, yeah, but yeah, you yeah. get into a successful software yeah. sales career, yeah. you're able to take like, and when I say Wolf of <laughs> Wall Street, like these epic <laughs> Like trips, yeah. right? Where you guys are renting yachts and doing yeah. drugs and there's yeah. women and... <laughs> yeah, so I... God, okay, the way I look at it now, it's like God gifted all this stuff for me so that I could fall from it and really learn a lesson, Ooh, you know, because that, like that. that is what I needed. I am that hard-headed, right? And so, yeah, I had a lot of business success early on, man. We, uh... Yeah, I, I I did things. I, I spent some time in in Croatia. You know, we got a forty foot yacht once, and and had a boatload of drugs, and had a boatload of 
uh, girls and model type women running around with us with a bunch of other yachts. And, yeah. you know, we, we sailed the sea over there and just went island to island party and doing a bunch of drugs, right? Even over there, I remember my buddy's like, hey, man, you need to cool out. And I was like, nah, <laughs> when, you know, when these you're, guys are doing tricks too. Like, you need to cool out, man. <laughs> when you're drinking or drugging friends or like, bro, there may be a problem. Like, there is probably a problem. Yeah, yeah. But while, the, while you're living this external lifestyle, and right. I always talk about this, external is everything going on around me, but internal is how I feel. How are you feeling inside? Horrible. You know, I, I relate it to, um, you know, picture a, a beautiful home on the outside just looks amazing, right? But on the inside, picture just decrepit wooden floors with holes in them, you know, rats running around. Mm. That's how I felt. That was my internal condition all the time. I just, I was never okay. I couldn't cope with life, man. And so my default mode was like, I can't do this. And so my brain automatically goes, you know what, I'm going to put something in my body that makes me okay because I can't cope. And so this is my, this is my little comfort mechanism, my little journey into escapism, because I just can't, I can't cope with just what I'm doing every day. Right. I think the career, um, it's crazy, man, because the career got to a point where, you know, I'm living out of hotels, living out of airplanes, um, just selling at a really high level, just stoned out of my mind, high as all the time, yep. right? Just yep. showing up to big Fortune 100 companies, presenting to CEOs and boards, just out of my gourd. It's hilarious to look back in retrospect, man. I don't know. I mean, they might have known, but who knows? The thing was, I, I'd kept hitting my numbers and, and bringing deals in, and, and what inevitably happened is like, all right, let's wheel Ben out. You know, let's let's get him yep. going. Let's keep him propped up, and you know, it'd be a weird cocktail of pills, dope, Xanax to sleep, you know, all sorts yep. of stuff. And so I, I just had a bunch of business success somehow that way, right? And so what would happen is I'd have a bunch of business success, um, get to the point where like, all right, I got to check in rehab for a little bit, guys. Yeah, <laughs> Go do yeah. that for a month or it so. It was more like a dry out period, yeah, right? Yeah, that was my dry out period. Where like I, I ran and I, I ran for it, you know, for about 11 months of the year, you know, make sure I'd, I'd make my money. And then I'd say, you know what? I need to go dry out for a bit in treatment and get my life together, right? And so um, I'd do that. And you know, it's it's crazy. I I you know the reputation would get around at the company like, oh, this guy's got some drug problems, but he keeps hitting his number. So let's let's you know give him more give Keep him more praise, going. give him more responsibility. And so I did that for years, man. What would happen is, is the reputation would progress around a company, and I'd start to look back and be like, you know what, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go find another one. And right. what God would do to me is, I'd fail upward. Like yeah. I would leave and get a job that would pay me even more and I'd have more responsibility. It was crazy. It's crazy they didn't recruit you for the government. I think that's what all of them do. They <laughs> yeah. just fail upward. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. I would have fit right in, man. Here's the funny right thing in. about this, and this is what I think people don't understand because you and I lived a sort of similar life. I was never fired from a job for my drug and alcohol use because I was a performer. Right. And so on the outside, my life looked very successful. Right. On the inside, I was like, hey, you know what? I'll die today and I don't care. Like, right. I've just had enough. I right. can't keep up the charade. I can't keep up the emotion. I can't. It, it just becomes very difficult. Yeah. Yeah, it does, man. The internal condition was real rough. I, I was so stressed out of my mind all the time. I just could not cope with life. It just wasn't happening. I could not face life sober. So, so your first intervention... 2014, right. you know, you you're in you're into a career, a successful career. Um, when did you when did you realize that you probably had a problem, like your internal uh oh? Yeah, so it wasn't during the intervention, right? I got to treatment, and I was like, I'm not like you guys. Like yeah. my nose is still up in the air. Like I do well, you know. Right, <laughs> like who right. are you? It was so. It was so. It's hilarious looking back at it, right? And isn't and, it a beautiful thing when we see somebody walk in the room and you can spot them from the parking lot that their life is a wreck, but they got chest oh, out. Oh yeah. Head. 
Oh yeah, it's hilarious, man. And I was that guy. I was that guy dead yeah. on when I when I walked into treatment the first time, you know. And and you know when I realized it was a problem, but didn't want to admit it yet. I get out of that treatment. They tell me, hey, you need to move to Austin. We're gonna do sober living for you. And I fought it the whole time. But what I ended up doing is I went, stayed for a day, called my boss back in Houston. I was like, hey, I'm coming back. My job's still there. He's like, of course. And so I ran right back. <laughs> You're a performer. Come guess, on back. Guess what? The night I got back, I walk into my townhouse. I had two roommates at the time. There was like a a group of chicks from Denmark that they met at the club that were all there. And so we end up partying that night. I do a bunch of drugs that night and game over, right? Literally two days out of a three month stint in rehab my first time. How, how long was this repeated? Uh, this was repeated for years, right? And so what ended up happening is there'd be, you know, I'd fail up to a better job. I would do this thing where I'd, um, you know, I'd, I'd perform for about 10, 11 months out of the year. I'd go to treatment. But then what happens Donnie, is eventually that just doesn't get sustainable, right? And so when I started to realize I had a problem, I remember I was working for a company out of Austin, right? And um, I mean, like right on Congress. If you know Austin, Texas, it's like mm-hmm. right downtown, right? Yeah, like, so I'm, yeah. I'm right off Congress in like a huge high rise building, you know, like 50, 60 floors, right? Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to work in my suit every day. And I realize I'm walking out of, I'm walking out of work, walking over to the homeless shelter called the Arch in downtown Austin and just smoking ridiculous <laughs> amounts of crack every day because I thought if I moved to Austin and work for this company, I wouldn't shoot heroin anymore. Right. Or right. just take much of Xanax. And so I started, I started going there and just smoking a boatload of crack, man. It was super classy, real classy this, habit. Folks, this is why I call him the Wolf of Wall Street, <laughs> right? Like I can picture you in your salesman, you know, expensive suit, hanging out with the homeless, shooting dope oh, and smoking man. crack. Oh yeah, man. Under the bridges, hanging out with a bunch of prostitutes and a bunch of crackheads, man. We'd We'd drive all around town looking for other drugs. Where really, I would drive them around while they would just like steal stuff from me, you know, and get me to pay for more drugs. Yeah, it was crazy. It and was crazy and when times. this is going on, we feel like this is a normal life. Yeah, I thought it was perfectly normal. All right, so don't go anywhere. Um, I think when we get back, we're gonna t- start walking that sober journey and uh, kind of get into that a little bit. We'll be right back with Relevant Recovery Radio. Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio. We are so glad you're here with us today. And I don't want to forget uh, the reason we're here. The reason we are here today is we're here to talk about Matthew's Hope, substance use um, disorder, sort of detox uh, in St. Joseph's Hospital. They do have a wonderful program. It's a 10 to 14 day detox. You get 24 months of free aftercare. And it really is sort of a new care model um, that a gentleman named Larry Wiedekind came up with, and it's really had a lot of success. So if you need them, if you know a loved one that needs them, here's the number, 844-AND-HOPE or 844-263-4673. Uh, also, I got an update on Heather, Ben. Oh, tell uh, me. Yeah, so it turns out that the UFOs that Biden was shooting down uh, yeah. were here for her. So they've taken her to go rearrange the universe. Uh, Heather, you need to chill. Just yeah, chill, she's, Heather. She's now going to rearrange the universe um, <laughs> in, in her order. <laughs> Uh, so. <laughs> she would be the person they pick up. Like, right, absolutely. Right. Like, hey, we need, we need this done, Heather. Come Heather, on. we need some order and some, yeah. we need it to be done rigidly. Yeah, so. very rigidly. Very well constructed. <laughs> Come on. Okay, so we have an, uh, we have, uh, like, we have a story, a story of success and failure at the same time, <laughs> right? Yeah. 
Absolutely. So let's talk about, I wanted to bring this up because it's one of my favorite. Okay, so I am a garden variety drunk. Um, I got sober at 41. I'm 51 now. <clears throat> and I mostly drank. Um, I did cocaine. Be, well, two reasons, really. Let's be honest. It smells really good. Love it. Um, and it enabled me to drink longer. Absolutely. Uh, I didn't I didn't time travel as much like we always make jokes and time traveling <laughs> folks is when you start drinking tumblers of alcohol at 5 and sometime around 9 you leave your body but it continues to party and you wake up the next day trying to figure out where you went. Yeah. That's time traveling. Um, yep. anyways, <clears throat> I did not do a lot of the other stuff like uh, meth, heroin, crack, things like that. So I didn't have a lot of experience with them. And so I get a weird text from Ben one day. So Ben, <laughs> Ben, the story <laughs> calls me, calls me or texts me. I don't even remember, but it was an emergency. The police had raided you. They were in the process of ripping your apartment apart, looking for drugs. And I just knew there was trouble, so I got a hold of our friend Andrew and I said, "Hey, we got to get to Ben's right now. Meet you there." And we get there and. To my surprise, there was no one there. <laughs> it, was, it was just you. Uh, and I find out that you had been on a meth binge. Oh, yeah. And you were in full psychosis. Yeah. And so I want to explain this to our listeners because I didn't understand it until I experienced it. Yeah. And here's what it is. from my. I want to give it from my perspective, and I'd love to hear from yours. Here's my perspective. Ben is sending me pictures of an empty apartment of the police. But there's, there's nobody in the pictures. They're literally empty pictures. <laughs> and he's saying they're raiding my apartment. We get there, and while we're in the living room, he says, yep, they're in the back room right now. They're tearing it apart. And I'm like, I didn't know what to do. I'm looking at Andrew, and Andrew knows. Yeah, Andrew's yeah. been through this, and yeah. Andrew's like, oh, no. So we are now just trying to sort of corral you. And, and basically, so let's, say, let's talk about that because I got a series of pictures that were empty, videos that were empty. Like, what is going on in your mind? Do you remember that? Like, what is... Man, it was such a blur. That little thing started with a bunch of Xanax and then uh, some heroin. And then, uh, you know, I wanted to stay up for some reason. And so my heroin dealer had a bunch of meth. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Why not? This will be more fun. I love this drug, right? And yeah. so... Ended up doing that in um, full-blown psychosis. You just, uh, you think the delusion and the delusions in your head just seem completely real. Like, I, you know, I think when you guys got there, I was like, no, it wasn't the cops, it's the FBI, right? right. And there's wires all in my yeah. apartment. And I had been up at this point, I think, for four or five days straight, no sleep, just, just ridiculous bender, right? And so I'm convinced that there's... FBI in the back with like AK-47s <laughs> just raiding my my apartment that had like no drugs in it besides some meth and some heroin, right? But for some reason in my head, I thought it was like Pablo Escobar at the time. And so I think I think they're in there just tearing it apart, completely raiding the place. And uh, I thought it was all real. You know, it's crazy. It, it was obvious to me that you, in your world, what you were seeing through your eyes, there was people there. Oh, I could see them clear as day. I could see them yeah. as clear as I see you right now, right? Yeah. And so... I think that's what psychosis is, though, right? Like you're just you are you have truly had a mental a mental break, right? Yeah. And so I, I I legitimately I ended up, you know, I ended up staying up for about seven days. I mean, you remember it gets even weirder, right? Like I well, okay, so <laughs> so I convinced Ben. I'm like, okay, buddy, listen, if the cops are gonna if they're gonna come get you, if there's I'm I was I was like Donnie, you are brilliant for this idea. 
if the cops are going to come get you, listen, we got to get rid of the drugs. Where are the drugs? And so he goes and he goes in his closet and he dips back in the closet and he comes out with a baggie of meth. And I'm like, okay, score. We are going to get rid of this. We walk to the bathroom. I open the toilet. I'm like, here you go, Ben. Toss it in. And Ben's like, great idea. You grab literally two giant scoops out of the bag and you eat them. And I look, I'm... My eyes are as wide as they can get, and I look at Andrew, and his face drops, and he just goes, oh, F. I'm like, oh, no. And Andrew goes, well, he's in it now. Yeah, yeah. And then you flushed a tiny bit down the toilet. Yeah, just a little bit. That was my meth, man. I had to do it. Uh, yeah, that's when stuff got real um, at that point. And mind you, like I, I remember doing that. That's kind of the last I remember the next few days, honestly, but... I will say I do remember like coming into it occasionally thinking people are pounding on my door, me like opening my sliding glass door because we lived on the first floor mm-hmm. at the time. Chelsea and I, she had gone at this point, by the yeah. way. Right? Yeah, she, she had dipped. Yeah, she, she dipped. was She's like, like I, I can't have years a part of this. this. I'm not dealing yeah. with this, right? I'm done with this. And so I, uh, you know, I've got the sliding glass door open because I think there's people raiding me. And I remember vividly like talking to people that were there right outside the window. Definitely not there, right? I right. remember sending you. It's kind of funny. I, I found I found videos in my phone, like one of them, which was like two and a half hours long that I'd sent you or Heather that was like, yeah. I'm of sound body and mind. Oh, it like, was the I'm, best video. Yeah, I will I've sign showed, a document. <laughs> I've showed so many people that video because it's just the best ever. It's yeah. just, it's fantastic, right? But in your mind, you were literally being intervo- interviewed by the FBI. Absolutely. I and you I were was. willing to tell them anything they needed to know. Yeah. And it was just, okay, yeah. so- that was it for you, right? That was it. You got sober and stayed sober. No, no, could not stay stopped. What? Yeah, crazy, okay. right? I mean, that's the nature of this thing, isn't yeah. it? I mean, that's the nature of that obsession. It's crazy, right? And what happened is that did jolt you into a temporary sobriety. It did. And so this was sort of your valley and your peak, right? Is that you would hit that valley, that low spot, and it would drive you back into the fellowship. Mm-hmm. And you would stay there for three to five months mm-hmm. and then hit a valley again. W- what was going on? Yeah. So, man, what would happen is, you know, I'd work I'd work through the steps in our fellowship very quickly. I'd start sponsoring and I just I had just uh, I thought this wasn't for me. You know, mm. there's I, I still had that reservation in my mind that I'm not. I'm, I can do this. Mm-hmm. Ben's way will work. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that's my pattern. It had been my pattern for years and years and years since 2014. I'm going to beat this thing. I had been successful in looking my other problems. I can beat this too. Right. right. Like I've had success in all these other areas until I didn't, you know what right. I mean? Until all that was taken away from me. Mind you, at which point, you know, during the meth story, like I was literally working out of like a furniture store, you know, like I had lost everything at that yeah. point. Right. And so, um, yeah, man, uh, just another one of those kind of valleys where I thought I could do it on my own and what inevitably happened is actually the probably the best thing that's ever happened to me in my entire life i look at it right now because this is when my life really changed that next relapse chelsea had come back into my life you know we had we had worked it out we were um we were looking at wedding venues and we had mm. booked you know we we're like all right this is the spot we looked at all these venues she is the love of your life absolute love of my life absolute love of my life and so we had looked at wedding venues and we had picked out a spot I drop her off at the airport. I had quietly relapsed already, and mm-hmm. I wasn't saying anything to anybody. Just occasionally showing up to our home group and our fellowship, you know, like not being very quiet, yeah. right? But but had had relapsed this morning. I think I was smoking a little weed or doing that Delta Eight or whatever it is out here, yeah. that legal stuff they have down here in Texas. Um, yeah, and so doing that, and I drop her off, and so what ends up happening is I go on a a bender um, that lasts about six or seven days. I don't remember any of it. What I remember is. 
waking up right at Westheimer and Chimney Rock, right by the Galleria. Which is main Houston. Main Houston spot, people. If you're not in Houston, that is it is the most trafficked road in Houston. I was in the back of an ambulance. I had overdosed right in the most traffic spot in Houston. In, so I want to point that out to people. <laughs> he was driving the car he overdosed in. Yeah, yeah. It was real bad. And so I'm sitting in the back of the ambulance. There's my car in the middle of the road. There's like police officers everywhere, like directing traffic because this is the spot in Houston to get, yeah. you know, to not do that in, right? Yeah. And so they're directing traffic everywhere. And what ends up happening, I end up going to county jail in Houston for the umpteenth time, right? I'd been a lot at this point, a lot of arrests on my record, a lot of jail trips. I go there, end up uh, spending three, four, five days in there, right? And I end up getting out and I'm supposed to go to court that day. And I got out at five in the morning. I had to go get my car, right? I get back and um, I'm laying in bed in my parents' house because I had lost even more at yeah. this point. I don't even have anywhere to live. I'm staying in my parents' house. I'm 36 years old at the time, you know, with had this big career and had lost everything and yeah. living at my parents' house and ended up... Uh, I ended up hitting my knees and I said, God, I need you. I need you. I need help. I cannot do this on my own. I don't know what to do. And I ended up picking up the phone and calling you. And the, the truth had finally hit you. That wall had been broken down, that there was no choice. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I love this. this I, and I have chills even talking through it because yeah. I know where you are now. So when we get back, don't go anywhere because we are going to talk about your life today, yeah. which is an amazing life. So, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Relevant Recovery Radio. Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio. I'm your host, Donnie Mosier. We are here today talking with Ben Duggan, uh, one of my closest friends in the world, and he is giving us a story of hopelessness, um, you know, the futility and the fatality of alcohol and drugs, but also now we're going to really talk about kind of what your life is like today. And I don't want to, I don't want to leave out if you or a loved one are suffering um, from substance use disorder, the way that we are describing, if if you are worried about someone, if you need help, just give Matthews Hope Detox a call at 844-AND-HOPE. That's 844-263-4673. Okay. So, Ben, waking up, I still laugh, right? You overdosed <laughs> in a car while you're on the road. That's I'm, I'm sorry. That's funny to it's me. It's amazing. It's hilarious. Um, but this was your last go. Yeah. It was your last. You had finally hit that. We don't like it when people in the rooms talk about hitting a rock bottom, right? Because yeah. it gives people this false idea. But you would hit an internal bottom. It wasn't really about the arrest. Internally, you finally surrendered. Yeah. I just, I got to a spot, man, where that house that I had talked about earlier, you know, with the beautiful outside and just everything decrepit on the inside, it had completely rotted through. There were no yeah. floors. There were no walls. There was <laughs> nothing left, right? All rats. It was just chaos, man. And I got to a point where I just, I I needed and wanted God mm. is what ended up happening. I, I hit my knees. I vividly remember it. I, I feel like, I feel like God spoke to me that morning. I vividly remember hitting my knees, and I hadn't hit my knees in years, truthfully. Yeah. Right, and I hit my knees, and I said I needed some help, man. And I picked up the phone and called you, and I came out to that meeting that Friday night, um, you know, fresh out of jail, and uh, I ended up up picking up my desire chip. And 
and then ended up grabbing um, Robert as a sponsor. Hey, Robert, when you hear this, yeah. love you, bud. Robert doesn't listen to the show. He's way too good for he, this he's show. He's too cool for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so ended up picking up Robert, and he, um, man, it's so funny. He, uh, I'm sure at this point, because, you know, I'm the guy in the rooms that, oh, here goes Ben again. Yeah. Like, here it goes. We got to run him through quick, and he's going to relapse in a few months, and that'll be that, and the cycle will continue. But ended up working through him quickly, man. And I, I remember I worked through him in about, two weeks and um i just started sponsoring very quickly i got blessed at like two weeks sober i went up to a clubhouse here in houston and started sharing and um immediately a kid came up and asked me to sponsor him and i just haven't looked back since right and so um man it's crazy my life has changed so much today at that time to backtrack a little bit at that time when i got sober I, um, you know, I had lost the furniture job. <laughs> I was, I was delivering food for one of those delivery apps, right? Yeah. I don't want to name it, but I was doing that. And I applied for a customer success job at this software company. Cause that was my career. I, I mean, mm-hmm. like I had been in sales, but customer you know success, software. different department, but I, I know software, right. And, yeah. you know, I was making nothing, you know, not much more than the delivery food thing, but you know, I was like, you know what, maybe this is my chance to get back in and I look back at this now laughing so hard. God knew exactly what he was doing with me. I get chills talking about it. I was not in that. I, I get the job, right? I run through. I get the job. I um, I end up uh, taking the role. And what happens is I have this amazing director. I, I don't, you know, I'm not going to say her name. Obviously, yeah, yeah, you're company fine. privacy, right? But like amazing director who notices that um, uh, this guy can sell. And so... They've got this this key accounts team, strategic accounts team here at the organization. And she was like, hey, I want you to help these guys out for a little bit. And, you know, I'm I'm, I'm early on. I'm like, ah, you know, I'm nervous. I remember calling you, calling yeah. Robert about it. Like, oh, what do I do? And they're like, sounds like God's opening a door. And I end up doing that. And, and man, just as soon as I started seeking God, he started providing. Like, like I guys, I, I've been at this company almost two years. And in two years, I've had like seven promotions. Like, it is, it is unreal. Like, you're one of... It's not Two even hyperbole. It's sales been six people or, is not the top. It's been six or seven. Yeah, yeah. I I'm very blessed. I'm They're very building blessed. Building programs around you. You're helping the marketing team. Like yeah, I get to I get to I get to meet. Like I literally met with our C, CIO yesterday. I have the CEO that slacks me all the time out of San Fran having conversations. Like I get pulled in. I've got a meeting uh, Monday with our whole pro- or Tuesday with our whole product development team where they're picking my brain because I deal with um, our largest accounts, right? And it's just stuff that. Uh, it, Man, it's stuff it's I I never, and this is just external guys. Like I I never I never in a million years like thought I would have this external stuff back. And where I get emotional, like I am right now, uh, thinking about it is like screw all that. Let's think about the internal. Like I am yeah. happy every day. I can get up and face this day and come in here and do stuff like this and and feel legitimate joy. Like I can show up to my job and have legitimate joy and and. And just being of service to all these people. And you're starting to feel me. that inner content. Oh and, and my so you, gosh! We we mentioned Chelsea, um, and you guys have sort of been on again, off again, right? Because she, I think, did the best thing in the world, and I love her for it because I know it wasn't easy. It was probably the hardest thing she's ever had to do. But when you were struggling, she dipped. She's she like, did. "Look, you you have to handle this. I love you, and the best thing I can do for you is go." And she moved out of Houston, went she to did. I think Iowa first, and then went and then to now she's in Kansas City. Yeah. And so she left you, um, and that gave you the opportunity for a year to work the 12 steps, sponsor a ton of men, but you also built really deep relationships with me and Robert and all the men around us, and you focused on your relationship with God. 
That was the most important aspect right there. And so then at a year, what happened and where are you guys at now? Yeah, so we're living the dream, brother, up in <laughs> Kansas City. I'm a Midwesterner now. That's it's crazy. So crazy. It's so crazy to me. It's it's like 50-something degrees here. I'd be in shorts and a T-shirt up there. <laughs> you know, it's, it's everyone's out here in their parkas and beanies. It's hilarious. I'm like officially a Midwesterner. Uh, yeah, we. it's so crazy. I got that opportunity to truly see God over that course of that year. And in doing so, Chelsea, uh, God... God just put us back together. He said, you guys need to be in each other's life kind mm-hmm. of a thing. And, um, you know, we made the decision like, okay, um, Ben, it's it's time for you to come up here. And, you know, we moved up there. We got a little house. We've mm-hmm. uh, got Layla, you know. Um, we've got this amazing life up there where she's got a very successful career. And I've got my career where I can work from anywhere, right? And so we just... We, we, we lived the dream, man. I got plugged in. Um, I got very lucky. I got plugged into a wonderful home group up there with a bunch of really great guys um, very early, you know, through a, through a connection. Shout out to my friend Derek. Yeah, shout Absolutely. out to Derek. Absolutely. I, I, uh, I put it out on a thread like, hey, I got a buddy going to Kansas City and we need to plug him in. And Derek was immediately like, send him my number. And yeah, he, that guy's great. I mean, that's what our fellowship is good at. Yeah. Right. Hey, I got to go somewhere new and you've got a family anywhere you go. Automatic family right what, then and there. What does your relationship look like today versus the last five, like based on the bumps in the road and where you're at today? Are you talking with Chelsea? Yeah. Uh, our relationship is uh, it's a lot more. It's a lot more calm and mm. a lot more intimate. I'll yeah. say I we've had this experience over this last oh, year and a half where we've gotten to kind of relearn each other. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I mean, for years I was, I was in and out, in and out, yep. in and out. And, and she just loved you through it. And she loved me through it and had to play mother through it. Cause my parents were done at this point too. Yeah. They're, you know, we're, we're done with this. Crap. I think they also did the right thing. Right. And Heather and I will talk about that, that sometimes the best thing you can do for a loved one is cut them off. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. But what, 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 what I've done and what I learned over the course of that year is that, um, you know, I'm not putting God at the center of everything. I have nothing, you mm. know, and so I I just try and honor him the best way I can every day. And some days I do a horrible job. I mean, like work. What do you struggle with? Work the work? most, yeah. right? Like I, I have this tendency to um, react emotionally and put mm-hmm. my foot in my mouth when same. I'm not hearing what I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We have a lot of the same struggles. Yeah, we do. Classic third step problem, right? Like right. I want to run the show. If you guys will just listen to me at work, this department would be great. This one would be great. But Ben, you're in sales. Like you right. don't, you don't run product. You don't, right. you don't run, you don't run engineering, but if you guys would just listen, right? So I work for a, a $70 billion global <laughs> yeah. company. If they would just listen to me and run the company, as I say, they would do much better. Oh, wait, it'd be 90 billion, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Same. That's how I look at it. Yeah. We, yeah. We'd be killing it. Right. So, yeah, that's where I struggle the most. And that's where I really have to practice the principles, man. And that's why I'm saying I don't do the best always. I um, I do some days better than others, right? But yeah. I do make sure every day the first thing I do is I, I, I hit my knees, spend some time, quiet time with God, I open my Bible. I, I read a lot. I, I really make sure my connection with him is right. It's funny. I, I, I hit my knees more today, you know, than I've, than I've ever done in my life. I, like literally – so far today, I've probably done it about six times, just right. sat there and hit my knees to thank him for the blessings he just continues to throw my way. And, you know, aside from the external Zani, even if they're all gone, I know I've got a relationship with him and that's all that matters. What you know? an amazing story, guys. It's been amazing for me to be able to watch this miracle happen before my eyes. It's what keeps us going. So, uh, listen, thank you for listening today. I'm going to go check on Heather. I'm worried about what she's rearranging or rigidly controlling. Don't get her forget. Back into the country, right? That's right. Yeah. Those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. Hashtag God, though. <laughs>